Hi, and welcome to the Green with Tiffany podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany Page. And in this show, we'll explore topics of sustainable living, all aspects of health and wellness of people and planet, and how we're all interconnected. Join us on this journey to live better and more sustainably by improving our health, our families, and the world with the choices that we make. Hi, and welcome to the Green with Tiffany Choose to Care podcast. We are talking about trees, their beauty, their vibrance, their importance, the tree of life. And last week, I spoke a little bit about the trees in my community being taken down wrongfully and how I got involved with that. And then it turned more into a conversation about activism and taking action and really having a voice for those that don't in whatever speaks to you, whatever your mission is. We need everybody out there to have a passion and and to fight for what they believe in. I'm Tiffany Page. I'm your host. And today we have on Wendy Clank. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Tiffany. I'm so excited she's here. So I told you last week that when I saw the trees being taken down in real life, I just had to get involved. Well, so did Wendy. And she is the go-getter that really rallied the troops, you know, boots on the ground, got everybody involved on the street of Robertson and got the change.org petition signed um, by many people and started that pet- petition, which then was forwarded to me, which is how I found Wendy. And so I just wanted to have a conversation about where we were with things. And actually, we'll start with how Wendy got involved with these trees. Why were these trees so important to you, Wendy? And hi, and thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy you're here. Thanks for being here. You know, I was thinking that I mean, we want the trees to be saved, of course, but if anything, I, I found a friend and yeah. uh, that was such a great thing as well. Somebody who's a true, a true tree advocate like me. And I just wanted to know how you got involved in all of this. I came to work and I had an office in Robertson um, for many years and I came to the office and I saw everybody on the street and I wasn't, something seemed weird. And then I had turned and down the street, there were all of the West Coast arborists are called the people who cut down the tree. And I was like, what? Our trees are gone. Our tree is gone. And everyone had, you know, that was on the street was calling the city, asking what was happening. And no one was getting any response. And so that's sort of what spearheaded the whole thing. Like we didn't, we had no idea and our tree was being removed, essentially killed that day. They just chopped it down and put it in a wood chipper. Oh gosh, it's just so terrible. You know, so you, so you had noticed it as it was already happening as well in real time. So there was no yeah, preparation so beforehand. Was, yeah. So our tree was gone. So when I came, I was like something, it seemed, you know, you don't notice, like, it's very weird. You know, something's different. And then all of a sudden it takes you a minute to go, what? Where, where's our tree? Because how they take these trees just to let people know is there's no, there's, there's nothing to show that the tree was there. They rip it out, the stump as well, like the roots or, you know, the stump. And then they just cover it with some kind of little like gravelly stuff. And then it's gone. And and if you didn't know, you'll not know that it was there. And the guys, when they were doing it, everybody was trying to stop them. Literally, all the people on the street were trying to stop them. And the vendor, the company that this West Coast Arborist that has a contract with the city to cut the trees, they get paid by the tree. Oh, wow. So they have an incentive to kill that tree. That is unbelievable. And maybe that's why 
I mean, I haven't seen that many trees being taken down, but I thought that they start maybe at the top and cut little by little. These trees, they were just chopping at the bottom, just chopping them down so that nobody could do anything. And then once they're down, they, like you said, put them in the wood chipper or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they take them out so quickly, you said. Like, I think. Yeah, they'll they'll take a whole tree down in 20 minutes. Which like is less than 20 minutes. I mean, just yeah. it's so tragic. It's so unbelievable. Like these are trees that were almost 100 years old and they completely erased them within 20 minutes. It was, it was, it was devastating that you, you feel there's something inside of you, like literally something inside of me broke. And I, I, I didn't know what to do. And, and that's why I kept calling the city and asking for help. And, you know, this clearly was a mistake. Cause when you look at the trees and you look at the, the stump of the tree, it's healthy, perfectly healthy. The leaves were healthy. And then um, the tree next to ours, there was a beehive in it and then bees were flying out of it, which I didn't realize at the time um, that bees are state and federally protected. And so our neighbors then started calling the city because bees were being endangered. And then obviously birds are being endangered and any of the other species that are living in the tree. So it was, yeah, it's an act of violence. You, you, you really want to do something immediately to stop it. So you see somebody or something being hurt. Your first reaction is, you know, you need to stop it. And we couldn't do anything. And that's why that I think myself and the other folks on the street were completely shocked by the city's lack of response. Literally yeah. no one called us back. I had to it's show up. I had to drive to city hall and then show up and say, I'm not leaving until I speak to the mayor. And even then the mayor didn't come. Apparently the council doesn't necessarily work in city hall and doesn't necessarily show up at city hall unless there's a city hall meeting. So the gentleman who his name is Keith Sterling, he was like head of communications and now just moved into the city manager's office. He um, came down and explained to me, you know, that what was happening and that he didn't have any information and who I had to contact. And so it became, that was the, that was on February 2nd and February 3rd that this started. I mean, it really and just now, sounds like the runaround, right? You just kept giving different answers or no answers and, and, and nobody knew that this was even happening as it's happening. Well, that's what initially, so when I kept calling, I kept calling every 15 minutes, like I was not stopping. And I, on the second, I finally got a call back from um, the arborist. His name is Ken Falsgraf. And he had said to me, listen, you know, we're, we have this project, we have to replace the sidewalks. But I thought, why do you have to replace the sidewalks? Like why? That just seems like I, that didn't ring a bell. Like, I think I we know, had, we, we know truth when we hear it. We just do human nature just does. And that just didn't resonate with me either. I was like, what? Well, the thing is, is, you know, when you have an address on the street, they're supposed to uh, let you know of anything that's going on and, and so that you can participate, right? Their, their job is to engage the public in whatever it is. Right. And so the tree, the project on our street, taking down the trees, the sidewalk repair, putting in a new irrigation system. None of that went through the proper chain. So that's why all of us were in complete shock because none of us knew about this. But removing and, you know, it's like if you were to come home and you had a tree in your front yard, and all of a sudden you got home and your tree was gone. Uh, you know, I'd say it's an extension of your family. So the aggressive nature that they were taking the trees it just felt like a violation. And so that's where we kept saying there's a, clearly there's a mistake. 
And Ken had said to me when I spoke to him, the arborist, he said, I'll never forget this. Wendy, his exact quote, there isn't a market for used trees. Because I was like, Ken, we have to save the trees. There's no reason why are we cutting down healthy trees? This makes no sense. This makes no sense. And what does um, he mean by used trees? Like as if you're going to use them someplace else. Well, I was saying that I wanted to save the trees. And he said that there is not a market for used trees. So you can't like take a tree because he wants to get rid of the ficus trees on Robertson Boulevard. And he said, you can't take the tree and replant it somewhere else. Like that's what he was trying to say. And and I was saying, well, why do we have to move them? (laughs) Why do we have to take them in the first place? Why can't they stay where they are? Exactly. So I wasn't understanding that through this entire process, I started meeting different people in the city, asking different questions. And each one of them gave me a different answer. So that was for me, the red flag, like that there's, you know, they're, they all should be on the same page. Of like, course. You know why this happened? Not one person gave me the right, the same answer twice. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I just want to say that you are a badass for, for doing what you've done in such a short amount of time. I think it's only been like a month now. And you, all the street owners uh, on the Robertson, the city council, the public works, you have done so much in such a short amount of time. And isn't it special that today is Women's Day and you are a badass woman. So cheers oh. to you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thanks to everybody. Honestly, it wasn't just me. I don't want, I shouldn't take you know the credit because it's really a joint effort with people like yourself. Thank you. Because you also have been amazing in helping to save the trees and showing up at city council and participating. I think that's, you know, well, for you. me, this was a lesson in um, civics more than anything, because I really, I'm not a political person. I haven't been an activist. I, I don't, you know, get involved in a lot. You know, I do it from the background, but not as a phase forward. You know, I walking up and down and speaking to these people on the street, honestly, the trees, watching the trees being cut down, that was just incredibly hard to watch because it was so destructive and it was such a, just yeah, violation. It was just, it was so yeah, it, like you had said, you know, watching. You said well, last night at city council, you felt like the crime was being committed. You know, it, it, and that's what it felt like. But then when you talk to the people that own these stores, most of these people have been on the block like twenty to like fifty years on Robertson. Most of them are immigrants. None of them were born here. This is their entire livelihood. These businesses, like they've saved every penny. And, you know, this is, they're like a one, you know, mom and pop shop. Like if they're not working in their store, you know, nobody is selling or doing business for them. So they have to be present. So they necessarily weren't able to come to city hall or, you know, doing the things that, you know, other, some of us were able to do, but, you know, they would beg me to save their tree and, you know, please help us, please help us. And, you know, they don't understand how the U S politics works, you know, in their country, if they were to speak out against the government or city hall, literally they could be killed or jailed. They're really scared. I mean, this has just created a lot of fear for these folks. And, and it's just stress that the city is imposing upon everyone on Robertson, which I find just horrible. It really is horrible. I mean, I think I'm kind of an activist at heart. I don't know how it happened, but I just, 
when I see injustice, if if I can get involved, somehow I'm just involved. I don't go looking for it though. It does it does find me, and these trees found me, and their innate intelligence that we I don't know if you and I are, and, and a majority of people who have rallied and and the outcry that I've I've had from people is really amazing that people do love trees, but. For those that don't, I mean, we have to be so grateful for the trees. I mean, they really are our life. And I'm well, hoping today, you know, especially with climate change and global warming, and when we're, we're all learning so much about, you know, the benefits of nature and the benefit of a tree. And even the city, again, I'm, I'm reading all this information and going back through um, history and time, you know, like like back to the 50s, like even the 1912, there's a report, <laughs> like the documentation that they have is pretty extraordinary. And when you look at these records in terms of what the architect had planned for the city and the care and the maintenance of these trees by the city, you know, they were very thoughtful in which trees they selected and how they should be maintained. And when, let's say, a tree does age out, I mean, obviously, you know, nothing is forever. And so some of these trees are going to age out and we do have to replace them. But how do you replace them? And typically it's in phases. You wouldn't like clear cut 100 trees in two weeks. You would never do that. But then when you look at these reports that they did in their most, um, the 1996 report, which based on just with the little research I've done, and then they have what they call a DUDEC, Urban Forestry Management Plan. They all say the same things in terms of the benefits of the tree and especially the And the, the canopy trees. cover, right? Right. So the ficus trees have one of the largest canopies, which is a shade tree. So they're cultivated specifically for shade. And I know on my block, when they, they took the tree, so most of the people on the block, for instance, they never had to turn on air conditioning. We've had to turn on heat. And and it's crazy because, um, you know, it was so cool always. So we would have to put on the heat. You know, that was always what we would do. So now here we are in the middle of post-Hilly winter, right? It's been cold. I can't yeah. wait to see what's going to happen when we get into summer, when you're in the 70s and 80s here. No, but even still in the temperature the other day was 56, 50, you know, it was in the 50s, low 50s. Everyone had to have their air conditioning on. Okay, so this is in the 50s. So you wouldn't... I just didn't think the heat would that it would make that much of a difference. But there was a gentleman standing on the street, a security, and he was so hot. He couldn't believe it. He was so upset that they took his he was he used to stand right in front of the tree. And now the tree's gone and he has to have an umbrella and it's just beating down. And you're right. It was like 57 degrees. I know he's a security guard at the elementary school. Actually, I think it's a daycare school. But yeah, so. Well, when I was the women, um, there's a couple of storefronts that are on in the on our block, and one is an art gallery. The people that own that, they haven't been able to place their stuff in the window because the sun exposure actually is ruining the damaging the artwork that they have. But then what? Another thing that we found is a so the temperature in our stores, all of us, um, it, it increased 25 degrees. That's a lot. 25 that is a degrees. Lot. Yeah. Like it would like 60, our temperature, you just even stopped at 60. It didn't go lower than that, but it, it was like nineties in our store. So it, you know, that's pretty significant and dramatic, like right away. I mean, it was right away. So right. the sun is hot, but then what happens is you, there's also a reflection. So a lot of the buildings across the way are either glass or white. 
And so when the sun is hitting that, then that um, reflects back on, you know, to the other storefronts. And if you don't have a shade curtain or a screen on your window, that just comes in. So a lot of the women um, have been having migraines, specifically because mostly the women, I don't know, I haven't spoken to any of the men, they started having side effects. You know, a lot of the people in the trees were cut down. You know, you don't necessarily know how much you count on a tree. And I think it was the way in which it was taken. So a lot of people were severely, you know, having like depression, you know, I can see that depression. Serious PTSD Um, for me when I watched it, I'm just, uh, it's unbelievable. I I just, you know, and you don't think of the other things like the sound. So the sound, I, I didn't honestly know about the sound. So when you took the tree, the tree acts as like a sound barrier. It absorbs the noise. Yeah. Right. From the, from the street. It's so loud. Now, without the tree. So the heat has gone up, let's say 20 to 25 degrees immediately. The sound, you know, the damage to the products in the store. Those are just things that the city didn't even consider. And then the trees that they want to replace, which is something else that I find even more just incompetence. Like, you know, they pick two species of trees. One is called a Mexican fan palm, and the other one is called a um, great myrtle, <laughs> which have no canopy. And you're starting all over. It just seems so counterintuitive. I don't understand why we would do this. Yeah, so neither of those trees, to your point, have any. They're not. They're not cultivated for shade. They're not considered shade trees, and then they're not native. So that's sort of a big, because of the drought situation and global warming, you're supposed to plant native trees in in your area, you know, and and so neither one of those are (laughs) shade trees or native. They're just ornamental, if you will. And they're not, you know, even they're, they're just the cheapest tree that the city could find, to be honest. I mean, that's the bottom line. That's really unbelievable. Yeah. And so their DUDAC, it's called the DUDAC, you know, the Urban Forest Management Plan. Right. I was just going to mention that. So that's an environmental consulting firm that that helps with this plan. And what does the plan say? Well, it specifically says to maintain and expand the um, canopy, right, in the mature trees, right? So, and also... Right now, all the cities are doing these like management plans, these urban forest management plans. And right now, for any major city, really any city, because I, I I'm told that all the cities are working together, you know, to help fight uh, global warming and the climate crisis. But so why they, is the plan they, part of having all like thousands of trees being taken down throughout California, or is that not the case? Because I know that there was something that was similar that maybe happened that like twelve thousand trees were scheduled to be taken out. No, so there's a lot of different reasons. And every when you hear of all these different things for trees being removed, it's specific to whatever that incident is, right? Sure. So in Los Angeles, they wanted to remove um, trees, again, because the roots were breaking the sidewalks. Well, the reason that roots break the sidewalks is because the trees can't breathe. Just like you and I, we need oxygen to breathe. Trees, that's their, their roots. That's how they breathe. And so with work, literally burying them alive, adding cement right over top of them. So that's why the roots are coming up because they need to breathe. And so most of the cities have Pasadena, Santa Monica, they've actually gotten rid of portions of the sidewalk. So 
So now the tree has a lane and they call the parkway where it, there's no cement over top of it. And that way the roots then can spread out and go downward, right? And then there's the sidewalk next to it. For Beverly Hills, they just haven't even looked into any alternatives. But the one thing that the, the report does say, which is pretty important, and for all these cities with the climate crisis, is that we have to, in order to fight this, we need to get to 40% of canopy cover in the city. And right now, we're not even at 26%. I think our report said we will get to 26%, but that is with all of our trees. So all of the trees that were considered mature in Robertson actually was a, a large percentage. I would have to say the ficus trees are, I mean, I, I, I don't know, but I would have to say they would be a large percentage of the overall trees in the city. Because we have a lot of ficus trees, all the trees lined on Olympic, those are all ficus trees. And the city wants to remove all the ficus trees. So there's 1,200 trees being planned to be removed this year by the city. And those are mature trees. Unbelievable with the canopy cover. I mean, whether people believe that climate change is man-made or not is irrelevant because the fact of the matter is we've had the hottest summers on record. It's only getting hotter during the summer months and even sometimes in the winter months. And so taking out these perfectly healthy, mature trees with this canopy cover is just, it, it really is shocking that, that it's even allowed. I, I just can't believe it. And in a, in a place where these trees really are a respiratory system here in this urban city. I mean, if you think about it, you know, they breathe out, we breathe in, we breathe out, they breathe in. It's like this very symbiotic, you know, relationship and we're messing with it. It just makes me yeah, so well, Another thing that I learned through this process, I mean, that I sort of had a crash course (laughs) (laughs) in horticulture and civics, but, you know, obviously they take in the carbon dioxide, right? So that that's what the tree is, why we, you know, one of the things that is a benefit, right? So when you, when you consider that stretch of, you know, they, they, they call it carbon sink. I don't know if we would qualify for a carbon sink with a hundred, but a lot of people have mentioned that and thrown that out. Mm-hmm. But what the thing is, is when I didn't realize when you cut those trees down, so all the carbon that those trees have taken in, when you cut it down, that is released back into, released. That, yeah, into the air. So it's not like it's a Dyson filter where it takes in whatever's in your house and then it, it magically disappears. <laughs> and then, right. And that then, sequestered know, carbon is now released. Air. Yeah, no. So it actually, the tree is holding onto that. And then when the tree is cut, it gets released back. So when you're clear cutting a hundred trees in a short period of time in a very small area, that's dangerous. Yeah, that's a it's double incredibly dangerous. So the city has been relying on what you would call their experts, right? So Ken Falsgraf, who's the arborist of the city, you know, to be honest, I think the city looks to Ken for everything from urban landscape to a, being a climate scientist. He's not. Which is not his job, yeah. <laughs> right? So his, his job as an arborist is to maintain the health of the trees. And so anything beyond that, like the city should not be asking him to make any kind of determination of which tree because he selected the trees. but. You know, obviously he's doing the best he can, but that again, isn't his responsibility. And again, it's not looking at the overall. So, and then with the 
plan when you're taking down that many trees, typically you would do what they call an EIR, which is an environmental impact report. And so you would look at how is this, what are the the effects to the environment and ecological um, The surrounding, like in all areas, right, of the environment. Well, but but it's but you're specifically looking at that area for the ecological and environmental impact. So you can't necessarily say you're looking at Big Bear. <laughs> like, no, but I mean you're looking at the the tree life, what it does, the wildlife that's involved, the you know everything yeah, that's so involved with that. Don't realize, you know, I was saying to people always for years, I have been against that city putting lights on the trees because that's one thing that. For me, always since I moved to Beverly Hills, I thought, what is wrong with these people? There are birds that live in these trees. And you know, when you wear, I can't even wear a Fitbit because I can feel that energetic pulse like on me, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people are very sensitive to watches, let's say, because of that electrical charge. Well, imagine if you were like wrapped in an electrical, (laughs) a thing of light, and then, you know, you were lit up. 24 hours a day. So the the species in that tree, A, they can't, they have to find somewhere else to live because they can't live like that. So they're killing A, the species that live in that tree, right? But worse than that, they're, I don't know why you would think that it's okay to put an electrical outlet in a tree, you know, so they wire these trees. And so when they have to go in to do this wiring, they're cutting the roots all around the tree. So they're damaging the tree. So, I don't think people think about it. I mean, no, they just know, don't well, think of it as a living, breathing thing in that way. Yeah, that's guess. selfish. It really is. I mean, there's other ways that you can put your Christmas lights up without killing the trees. You know, so they're shortening the life of these trees, which is horrible. And then just through this, you know, I, I've learned so many things about trees that, you know, they have a heartbeat. Well, not actually a heart, but you know, they're breathing. Like a pulse. They have this pulse. That's exactly. And there's a couple of amazing books, The Hidden Life of Trees and The Heartbeat, I think, of the trees. Oh, and I forget. It's, um, I'm going to say it wrong. Um, What is his name? Um, The author, he's uh, incredible. Uh, Peter, I'm going to say it wrong. Wollaben? Wollaben? It's W-O-H-L-L-E-B-E-N. And maybe you can put a link, we can put a link to his books because they're incredible. Absolutely. And they talk about how trees talk to one another and that trees, if you hold a tree, you know, people always say hug a tree. <laughs> like, you know, if you are no, we're saying how a tree hugger is such a derogatory term. You know, most people are like, oh, you're such a tree hugger. I'm like, bring it on. I'll hug a tree anytime. I mean, that's why does it have to be such a derogatory term? It's so odd. It's such a great thing. I, you know, I, it's funny. Like I remember I had lived in New York and years ago, I mean, this is like, you know, 25 years ago, I remember my doctor, a real medical doctor <laughs> said to me, and I, I forget why, but he, he sat on the board of the Central Park um, Conservancy so, you know, he he was sharing about some studies that were being done, but the medical and emotional benefits of nature and trees specifically, he was very much into like the trees. And I was like, yeah, because Central Park is beautiful, right? When you walk in and he'd always say, hug the tree. <laughs> he said, it will make you feel better. So and, um, but he always said, not just you, but it would make the tree feel better. And Aww. I always thought that that was interesting. And then Peter, like the, the books that he talks about, 
you know, I think there is science and I mean, there's many people that have talked about that, you know, people, you know, the whole, what is that when they talk about grounding, right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, sort of in the Deepak Chopra and, and I forget what it's called, but it's grounding, but there, there's some term that they use in sort of the metaphysical space about uh, go to the beach, lie on the beach, get your feet in the sand, you know, hold on to the tree, you know, because of the charge, right? So we're all energetic. And so the tree is a grounding force. And when that's taken away, yeah, it, it affects all of us. And so the energy shifts immediately. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I looked up, you know, do trees have feelings? Because I, I, since I was a little girl, even the most inanimate object, I feel like everything has feelings, right? Okay, but trees are living and breathing. And they actually have found out, of course, they don't have nervous systems, but they they still feel what's going on and they experience something that's like, like a, they can feel something like a pain. And when a tree is cut, like you just said, with that electrical energy, it sends electrical signals like wounded human tissue. I mean, that just took me aback, so, uh, you know, and and of course the trees that are all lined together, I mean, they do talk to each other that they do know that they have some kind of language. So now they're under siege, right? Being taken down and they're all there for each other. I mean, it's just kind of shocking. And then the crown, okay, these trees aren't that close, but have you heard of this canopy shyness? So the crowns of trees, they don't touch and I thought they they allow themselves some space in between. And they were saying they weren't sure exactly why, but it was possibly to share resources and to stay healthy, but also for the light too, I think, because if you have canopies on top of each other, you know, if you're in like a forest type of situation, then there's no light to go through. And so if you look at pictures and you look up crown shyness, you'll see that they come close, but they keep their social distancing, which is so fascinating, which means that there's this like innate intelligence it's funny because I'm looking out the window right now and I'm like, ah, oh, because I can see down with all the trees <laughs> going into the forest. You'd be able to definitely see if that's, it's uh, very cool. I, I believe that, listen, I believe that trees are, I do think they have a nervous system because if they can, if they have a language, right, then somehow they're communicating, which means that to your point, that when one is being affected, the others then are being affected. Well, yeah. it's the same thing with disease, you know, in the trees, that's why, you know, the, that's another reason in this report, they said Beverly Hills is very specific on planting an entire species on one block and it, they call it complete streets so that you, in every street, there's like all oaks, all elms, you know, all ficus, all, but what's, also difficult with that is that when a tree gets sick, a tree gets a disease, then they all get the disease. Mm. And so, yeah, then it's harder to save them all really quickly. Yeah, so you really want of- diversity in trees, even though that visually they want it to be more of an identity of one type of tree. Yeah. So, um, exactly. So the we need to be thoughtful in, in what we're planting and making sure that it's, you know, in alignment with the environment, right? And that, so they have said that you have to, that's why Ken didn't pick again, all one, like palm tree, right? Or all one. Well, Hey, I think it's too expensive. (laughs) I think that he was looking at the budget, but how about not changing the trees at all and saving all that budget? But yeah, but the thing is, is you have to think about Beverly Hills is more concerned with their appearance than actually their life, like their sustainability. So right now, 
um, when you look at that report and you and you hear what was expressed by the city to DUDAC in terms of what the, you know what they wanted to achieve, it was all about identity. And they say over and over and over in that report that palm trees are Beverly Hills identity. Well, palm trees are not shade trees. Not like, at all. I have them in, on my street, which I, you know, they're very pretty, but man, is my street hot. It is a hot right. street. So it, it's ornamental. So again, to my point, the facade is more important than the substance of what the tree, you know, brings as a benefit to the I hate to say it, but isn't that a little ironic of Beverly Hills? <laughs> and I lived there for 20 years, but I mean, you know, the perception that people make being, you know, no substance. It's all for show. Oh, I feel ornamental. like that is Beverly Hills. Like it is all for show. If somebody said, okay, Beverly Hills, all the people that, that live there, right? You were going to die unless you planted these trees. I don't even know. Would they change their policy? Like, I don't know. Like, that's because it's not pretty enough, right? But but that's what's going to happen. Like, if we don't plant enough trees and we don't plant the right trees, yeah, we, we're not going to survive it. And when you listen to these climate scientists, oh, my God, it's so depressing. <laughs> I don't know when is the wake-up call. Like, I, we're past that. Like, I feel like we're well past that. So, if you're hiring a company and it says to maintain and expand your canopy and you're not doing that, and that's for health reasons, like that's specifically directly related to medical and health reasons. It has nothing to do with appearance, facade, you know, it's it's strictly for the environment and for our health. So, and that, and they're still not doing it. <laughs> It, I, yeah, I don't even know where to go with that. So last night we were at city council again, pleading in our case and begging. I basically begged <laughs> for them to halt the cutting of the remainder of the trees. I mean, so many of them are gone already, but there are some left and we want those to stay. And then, of course, whatever is involved with the upcoming on Olympic, but we're not even speaking of that at the moment. So I, I thought that they said that they were going to review things. Are they reviewing it, but not halting? In which case that doesn't really help because if you're taking the time to review a case while you're cutting the trees, you're going to review everything after it's already done. So really the only review is, okay, what tree should we plant now? But we're trying to stop them from cutting trees that are up there now. So are we under review? I wasn't really sure where we ended up with things. No, we're not under review. They're not going to do anything. Okay. So they're 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 not doing anything. There's there's two issues going on. One is it's obviously trying to halt the project in total. And the reason for that is because they the, so that they have already taken 42 trees. And so we need to then replace those trees. And the trees that are on for replacement again are the Mexican palm and, and the crepe myrtle. And neither of those trees are appropriate. And so the residents are saying, you know, we want a different tree. And let's say, for instance, a coastal oak that I'm told it, it would be a, an appropriate tree. It's native. It's drought resistance. It has a lot of benefits. Right. And it's a and it's a shade tree. Well, because they're putting in the irrigation system under the sidewalk, because they picked the Mexican palm fan and the crepe myrtle. Because we, we don't right now, we have water trucks that come and water, you know, the plants in Beverly Hills. But this tree doesn't, doesn't require an irrigation system. 
And if that tree wouldn't grow if there was an irrigation system under it because it wouldn't allow the roots to go down. So once you put an irrigation system in the sidewalk, then that is going to affect the depth of the roots, right, from any of the trees. And keep in mind that Mexican palm fan is just as invasive as the ficus tree. So they're taking out a tree that is just as invasive and has no shade canopy. So that it's, it's like a horrible choice. But so why is what one, I keep saying. That, but that's one reason why, right? So we, we need to stop the entire project, right? And then for the replacement trees. And so that's two separate projects going on. One is the cutting of the trees. We're trying to stop that and save the trees. The other is we're trying to stop them from chopping up the sidewalks and putting in the irrigation system. So those are kind of two separate things that are happening simultaneously. They're going to start the sidewalks, I'm told, on the 20th of this month. So they're going to start jackhammering in the entire sidewalks. Which is also going to be horrible for these poor businesses, right? I mean, people are going to go elsewhere. It's like a year. It's like the project is like slotted for a year. But the project is costing to replace the sidewalk is seven point. 7 million, I think, or 7.9 something, but it's like, let's just say $7 million. That's ridiculous. The city, we could use that money in so many other ways. And the sidewalk doesn't really need replacing as a whole. I mean, there are portions of it that could probably use a little help, but, or if they even look to, they really wanted to protect trees. And, and if they really love trees, they would try to save these trees by doing what you were saying with the opening the roots area and, and changing the sidewalks in that way, not just okay, but let's the be clear. They don't care about the trees. So I just <laughs> want to say this right now, Beverly Hills does not care about the trees. Clearly. So that's irrelevant. The only thing they care about is the safety of their residents. So that is their entire job is to protect the safety of their residents. So they're saying that the sidewalks are unsafe. That is their, that's, that's how they we've gotten here. When in fact, the entire of the sidewalks in Beverly Hills, I went around and I had pictures of the areas that you would consider as unsafe, whereas if the sidewalk's raised. So you know how there's a crack in a sidewalk if it's raised like an inch that they consider as unsafe. So could just easily repair the sidewalks. That's all. Sure. They could easily repair the sidewalks and the trees can stand no problem. They can also eliminate part of the sidewalk so the trees can start to breathe. That would help, number one. They can put silver cells around the trees. There's a lot of alternatives, right, to like keeping the trees. But we also want to make sure that the project gets halted because if they start tearing up the sidewalks and putting in this irrigation system, then our- No other options options for trees. Yeah, will be diminished. And Mm -hmm. so we, we won't have a lot of options um, and then, you know, we may end up having to like rip out an irrigation system, which would be a waste of everyone's time and money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right. it doesn't really, doesn't make much sense that, that they're not reviewing it. So, so I want to, I, I do want to ask because what we need is we need people to call the city council and we need them to write emails specifically because then it's documented and to Lily Bossy, she is the mayor currently. I believe she her term ends in April. So, of this year. Yeah, this year. Okay. So, and then she becomes, I don't know who then becomes mayor, but we need to get her attention. And the other council members, John Marish, who's a council um, member, he's 
he's the one who asked to have this put on the agenda. And he's the council, only a council member who said that he believes that they made a mistake and that they needed to review this project. So he has, he has helped trying to help, but you need a majority to put this issue on the agenda. Mm-hmm. And so we need to turn to people. Okay. We could do it. We could do it. You know, I I, right now, I, I, I don't, I think they're going to rely again on Ken and the experts that have given them the information, even though it's the wrong information, they can feel comfortable that, that the information that they had was not, it wasn't their decision. They just made a decision based on somebody else's findings. So that's just shameful. Well, I'll put the petition in the notes and I'll put, I put it in the last one as well. I'll put all the information. I mean, the petition is great to to sign it. Thank you, everyone. Really, everyone who's already signed it. I mean, it's been amazing. But really what we need is people to show up at city council meetings and people to write emails. I'll put that in the notes as well. Yeah. And then they can CC, save the trees, BH at gmail.com. And then... Then, then we have a record. So, but yeah, we, we just need everybody to help us because this is, you know, it's not just a Beverly Hills issue. That's what I keep trying to explain to people. It's Los Angeles, you know, yeah, trees so, are being cut down all over and, no, but you know, it's the air we breathe and it's all of our air. So I feel like even though, you know, when I said earlier, the environmental impact report, you know, doesn't affect certain areas outside of Beverly Hills, let's say, because that report is only based on specific area. However, it, it, you could do it for other areas, right? So you could say the impact of the air quality in surrounding areas, right? And it definitely would be impacted because it's not like that carbon just stays with the 90211 right. or 90241. <laughs> right, stays in, so, the, in the Beverly Hills zip know. code. <laughs> yeah. So I think. That's what I, I would love for them to help us and to try to spread the word and just ask, you know, if each person wrote an email and then had a friend write an email to the council, maybe we can put all the council members, the four that are left and see if we can write as many emails as to them as possible. Yeah. And you the don't last, have right. to live in Beverly Hills to be a part of this or write. You, it's it's for everybody. It's yeah, It affects I, everybody, I, like we're saying. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, again, for whatever reason, I don't, I really don't understand it. I don't know what I'm missing because they actually have the authority to put us on the agenda. They actually can vote on it and they actually can stop it. They can stop it. So let's just say the city has a contract with these people who are going to do the sidewalks, right? Yeah. So maybe there's a cancellation clause. Well, you know what? I think a cancellation clause, whatever that may be, money is going to be a lot well spent as opposed to the lawsuits that probably will begin rolling in because of, you know, the incompetence of the city council. And like they, they the- actually have the right to stop it and they're not. To your point, if you saw a crime being committed, you would report it, right? Right. And so we're seeing a crime taking place. We're reporting it. And it's as if the police are like, we're too busy. Right. <laughs> We've already yeah, made our decision. We don't think it's a crime. Yeah, exactly. So that's not right. It's terrible. I have never seen any city that will go to such lengths like they're doing right now. So that tells me they're either 
you know, that there's some something that's bigger, larger at work here. You know, right. there's some other development. There's some there's something else that's involved that, you know, or maybe they just don't want to get fired. Maybe somebody could get fired. I don't know. I really don't know. Honestly, I don't know. But I just it doesn't make sense. None of this makes sense to me. Right. It doesn't make sense. And they won't have a conversation. So uh, when I very first showed up on February 2nd, I literally asked to meet with everyone. And I only met with Lily and Nancy on Friday, which was, I don't know what day is that that was, like the second or the third, let's say. I think it was the third. Mm -hmm. So I met with them. It took one month for me to get a meeting with them, which is crazy. This is in the city of Los Angeles. This is Beverly Hills. They could make a meeting with me like within a week. And they promised that they would have a meeting with me and on the seventh when I spoke at city council and it still didn't happen. So it's, it really is shocking to me. And the other council members aren't meeting with me or I'm trying to schedule time to meet with them. And, you know, it just, it's odd to me, right? It's very strange. It is. So for the people that are listening, I hope you'll get involved It's really to help us, but also help in your area, because I wanted to give you a little bit of insight of things to look for. If there's trees being taken down in your area that you want to fight, the environmental impact report is a big one. And as you can see, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. When you say that, so the city in your city, when they file, um, let's say a project is happening or they say they want to take a tree down. So here's, this is a very crucial detail. <laughs> um, if they send out a project notice, um, and I'm forgetting the the specifics in terms of CEQA has a, the California Environmental Quality Act has very specific ordinances in terms of appeals. So if they say that they're going to do this project, you have like, let's say 30 days to appeal it and to file, you know, like if they want to, if they say like they want to waive their environmental impact, right? No, you can appeal that and you have, I don't know how many days, I think it's 30 days to appeal that. And then they have to stop it. They have to do it. So, so anytime you hear of them, you know, presenting a project or or waiving their rights or feel it right away. Stop it right. <laughs> That's like the best way. They have to stop it. Good to um, know. And we and so the the problem with this project is that when they put this through was March of 2020. So they had tried to put this through for years prior and it was always was appealed. Oh okay. Yeah. Well the the city the yeah citizens residents they never you have to have a majority of residents in order to approve something like this. And they didn't. And so what they put forward was actually a a petition saying from a few owners, which was definitely not the majority, but that was only for 15 trees. That specifically was only for 15 trees. But they put it through in March of 2020 when the entire world was in a global global pandemic. And so nobody was going to, who, who, like we were worried about staying alive, you know, so it was very, I, when I saw that, I was like, are you kidding? They put this through when nobody's paying attention, but then that's a little shady and not from the trees. Yeah. Yeah. The developers, it was in the people who petitioned the city to take the trees were developers who said that the block did not have an identity. Yeah. So that was the reason that this, this entire project started was based on developers 
wanting to rip the trees down so they could develop the block. So gentrification is real and and it and it's really causing a lot of people on that block a lot of stress because again, these people, these businesses, their landlords, the reason that they're afraid to speak out is that their landlords are going to kick them out or raise their rents. They don't want that to happen. You know, so, then, so unfortunate yeah. not to be able to yeah. speak your voice. You know, it makes me feel like, you know, Avatar um, is out right now, which I haven't seen the new one. But the pre, no, I think the new one's more about the ocean. But the previous one was more about, well, it, it revolved around this tree, but of course, nature and the harmony and the balance. And it was the tree of souls. And it was kind of supposed to be this wake up call and reminding us of the dangers of greed unconsciousness, disconnection, insensitivity, violence, and arrogance, you know, both globally and personally. And you can see how that really resonated with people since that movie did so well. And that's what's happening with these trees and with nature as a whole for us. It's just being Well, you attacked. were going to read that. Yeah. And you were going to read from the Lorax. I was. I was going to read from the Lorax. <laughs> read it right now. Read your quote. Read that I, little I read it on the I read it on the last one. It was about ah, it, okay, it was okay, basically okay. about, you know, because someone had called me the Lorax in in the post I put on. And I didn't know I knew I heard the name the Lorax, but I didn't know what it was. And it says, you know, I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees before the trees have, you know, no voice, basically. And so it's the same similar situation. They 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 want to make these things called sneeds which is basically some kind of suit slash textile. And they need the trees trunk, the trufala trees, and they chop down all the trees. And once all the trees are gone, so is the business. So it really, and this book was, was created in the, you know, sixties, I think, or early seventies. So this problem you know, has been around for a long time. That was, that was like the quote that the woman read in the city council, Laura, she said, and, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't know the exact quote, but it was very uh, spiritual, like a Zen quote, like smart men plant trees who know that they will never be able to experience them in their lifetimes. You know, as a tree, when you plant it, you can't use it for however, it doesn't benefit you now, but it benefits the next generation. And so Smart men plant trees knowing they will never um, enjoy the benefit of them. Yeah. And it's a good so, quote. I, you know, I just thought, yeah, why is Beverly Hills just exempt from any of this? So, yeah, I hope just, they will be on the really right talking. side of history and make the right choice in what they're doing. They still have the opportunity to make the right choice. Yeah. I just think that unless we're, we just need to get louder. You know, and the one thing Lily said last night at city council meeting, my mother taught me to never give up. And I thought, well, guess what? That's what you have with Save the Trees. So, so yeah, so our next, just to sort of share with everybody, how can you help? So right now, obviously, we're just looking for your support to reach out to city council. You know, we're putting everything together right now. So in the next few days, you'll see that. Wonderful. Very. That's so great. Well, I'm grateful to have met you and I'm just, (laughs) I am activated to, to help save these trees. And I hope that, I hope that Beverly Hills will be on the right side of history. They still have the chance to do the right thing and not go forward with whatever their choice is that they're making because it doesn't make sense. Like we're saying, and there is March 21st coming up is international day of forests. So we'll be celebrating the trees even more. And I had a couple of quotes that I saw that I wanted to share, which I thought one was, 
I don't know this. He's a he's a professor and a journalist. And it says, people who will not sustain trees will soon live in a world that will not sustain people. <gasps> Bryce Nelson. And that is so true. And I think we really just take, you know, trees for granted and, oh, we'll just plant new ones. But just like the quote that you just mentioned about, you'll never, the person who planted it won't experience that tree or the shade from that tree. We're never going to experience that canopy cover again from those trees on that street because however long it takes to get an infant tree to maturity like that, uh, I don't know, might not be around. And the other quote was to exist as a nation, to prosper as a state, to live as a people. We must have trees. That's Theodore oh, Roosevelt. That Theodore Roosevelt. Ah, nice. That's a, that's a good one, right? Yeah. Well, and thank God for for him because I think it wasn't wasn't Roosevelt in charge of all the national uh, parks. National parks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, you know, unless you living in New York, you don't concrete jungle. Yeah, you don't. You don't appreciate something until you don't have it, right? And I remember moving to New York, and I remember, yeah, there's there. I mean, New York, I would say, has a lot of trees. Like you, you think it's a concrete jungle, but the thing is, is they call it green space. So parks, you miss that, right? So around here, we have parks everywhere, mm-hmm. um, but they're turning those parks again. They're clear cutting those parks so that there's no trees in those parks, and they're putting astroturf and all these things that are actually bad for the environment as well. So yeah, you really just have to be very protective of your green space and make sure that we protect everything in that green space. Yeah, you know, make sure that it's actually green. Up. Yeah, yeah. So I think that. That I feel like for anybody who wants to get involved, yeah, they can hit up you and call, get any information. But it really is our responsibility to try to protect, you know, what we have and not do any more damage, especially to the planet right now. So I think right now by trying to help uh, educate other people and the city of Beverly Hills, that's a pretty, I think, important mission at the moment. (laughs) <laughs> it is so that we don't lose 1200 more trees. And I, I just want to make sure that people don't get a little bit of the fatigue that happens when you just keep going and keep going. We just have to keep the persistence and keep on keeping on because I believe our voices can make change. And I think we can do it. We are the stewards of this beautiful planet, Mama Earth, and we have to uh, be her voice. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tiffany. That was Thank sweet. you, Wendy. And, uh, We'll uh, chat to see what our next steps are. And if you'd like to get involved, I will have everything below in the show notes. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram at Green with Tiffany. I'm keeping updates there. And there's also the Instagram of the Trees of Beverly Hills if you want to follow there as well. Save the Trees Beverly Hills. Is it Save the Trees Beverly Hills? We have to post some stuff. Honestly, we haven't done anything yet. So we're just putting up all our social media. You know, it's one day at a time. (laughs) But we'll get some (laughs) stuff out in hashtag Trees Matter. Yeah. Trees Matter. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And until next time, save the trees. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to me. You can find me at greenwithtiffany.com and on Instagram. Till next time, choose to care.